What I'd like to do today is to introduce our speaker, Matt Hyam from World Vision. And um, he, yeah, he works uh, for World Vision, encouraging churches and connecting churches to uh, World Vision. And he's going to share a bit more about how he does that. He's from Southampton, married to Georgina, and he has four boys. Head off to you, Matt. His favorite, his favorite vegetable, he answered with a fruit. So, his avocado, have I got that right? Just shows you what kind of a sort of character Matt is, thinking outside of the box. And his favorite superhero is Deep Pool. Deadpool. Oh, sorry. Deadpool. <laughs> because Deadpool, and I, I have no idea who that is, and maybe he'll tell you a bit more about that has an amazing sense of humor. So Matt, Matt Hyam, please come up. Uh, give him a round of applause, guys. He's going to tell us about world vision and what, what God's been up to. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. To be fair, I felt under a lot of pressure there. With the, Someone comes up to you and says, what's your favorite vegetable, eh? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Is there a right answer or a wrong answer here? And I said avocado, and I'm really sorry, which is stupid. So remember, kids, if you learn nothing else from today, avocado is a fruit. So is a tomato. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've got some slides here. So we were here, I came here with Gina, was it in February? It was in February. And, and we loved it so much. And we were driving away and Gina said, if you wanted to move to Gloucester, I'd be up for that. Which I thought, wow. That's amazing. We were just going. We, we really, really loved it here. The, the sense of family and the feeling of family that there is here. It was, it was just, oh, we're like, it was really healing for us, actually, to be honest. And she said, I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd want to be part of that church. And then the next morning she woke up. She goes, you know, I've been thinking about it. And she's like, I think we'd ruin it. <laughs> so uh, we're staying in Southampton where it's warmer. We can grim up north. Um, so I work for World Vision. Up until last year, I was the pastor of Southampton Vineyard, which we started 29 years ago, going on for 30 years ago now, accidentally. Um, let that be a warning to you. Um, uh, my role is church engagement. I've come with my colleague, Michaela, who has come from Northern Ireland. Uh, she's also my sister-in-law. She's Gina's brother's wife. Um, and I, uh, Daniel has asked us to talk a little bit about what we do. I'm going to be asking for your money, just to warn you. If you brought friends along, it's that time you go, oh, no, every time you bring a friend along, it's either demons or money, isn't it? So <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk a little bit. I know you guys went through, have you finished going through Luke? Yeah, you went through Luke and looking at it from the perspective of justice, which is brilliant. So I'm going to do a little bit uh, uh, from Luke 7. So this is a very famous story of the woman who anointed Jesus' feet. Now, what she did was she got some really expensive perfume. Now, I'm not suggesting, kids, that you do this, but it might be fun. Find your mum's perfume, pour it all over her, see how much she likes it. So this is what this woman... <laughs> You said to engage the kids. <laughs> Not like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't do that. Aftershave works just as well. Um, so this is the same story. This, this woman who anoints Jesus' feet um, with this perfume. So you might be familiar with it. 
Uh, I know you've probably looked at it when you went through Luke's gospel, but it, it stands looking at again. So, Luke 7, 36 to 50. Uh, one of the Pharisees. Now, Pharisees were, do, do you kids know what Pharisees were? They were like traffic wardens of the day. <laughs> they, were, um, they were the religious teachers, and uh, some of them weren't very nice, actually. Uh, so one of the Pharisees had asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain estate agent from that city, I've had to change some of the words here because the kids are in. Uh, you, you probably won't even notice it anyway. Anyway, one of the, a certain estate agent from that city heard that he was eating there. She brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him a story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to the other, but neither of them could pay him back. So he kindly forgave them both, cancelling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? And Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he cancelled the larger debt. So there's some really obvious things about this story uh, that, that you can pull out. So she is an estate agent and a sinner and has a lot to be forgiven for. Uh, she's been forgiven for being a estate agent and so she is very grateful. Uh, the religious leaders are judgmental and consider themselves to be sinless. Uh, they don't consider that they have a debt to pay. They feel that they're, they're all right. And they don't think they need to be forgiven for anything. So these are kind of the sort of the normal things that you'd hear about that. Um, and there's something about their judgmental hearts failing to see the grace of God uh, in, in response to this estate agent. Um, so we're going to put a pin in that. And we're going to look now at Deuteronomy 15. So we're going to travel back 700 years. Uh, now, Deuteronomy uh, was essentially the constitution for Israel. Um, so that, a constitution is where you, you've made a deal. So kids, when your parents got married, your dad said, I promise not to leave the toilet seat up. And your mum, in response to that, said, okay, I will allow you to break wind at the table. And that's, that's how a constitution works in this way. So God said, I will do this for you, I will give you these, and in response, this is what I want you to do. Okay? So it's like God and Israel got married, and they had this deal. And in part of it, in, in Deuteronomy 15, um, so... It says, there should be no poor among you, for the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he is giving you as special possession. You will receive this blessing if you are careful to obey all the commands of the Lord that I am giving you today. The Lord your God will bless you as he promised. So, the bottom line is, God said, I have given you everything that you need. 
I've given you everything that, there, that is required. There should be no poor among you. And then immediately he goes on to say, but if there are any poor among you, because there's no contradictions in the Bible, there's nothing complicated in there. It's all very straightforward. I'm not saying there's a contradiction there. He's trying to say something different. The point is he's saying there shouldn't be anyone who is without among you. Because I have given you everything that you need. There is no reason for anyone to be without. And he goes, if there are any poor Israelites in your towns, when you arrive in the land, your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Instead, be generous and give them whatever they need. Don't be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because the year for cancelling debts is close at hand. See, they, they, they were meant to have every 50 years, uh, every seven years they were meant to have a, year, a Sabbath year where debts were cancelled and slaves were set three, free. And then every 50th year they were meant to have a jubilee year where all the land was returned to its original owner. So no one ever got rich on the back of anyone else and no one ever got poor because of misfortune. And so the value of land was based on how far away it was from a year that it was going to get returned. So God's saying, just because that's coming close, don't, don't not help your fellow Israelite because you know you're going to have to give it back. And so the point here is, so he says, uh, if you refuse to make gift and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you'll be considered guilty of sin. The point is, God has given his people everything that we need. He has given his people everything so that no one needs to be without. And this was the deal he made with his people uh, 700 years before Jesus, when your grandparents were little. This was the deal he made. Uh, and so when you saw someone who was in need, it was your responsibility to help them. The whole constitution of Israel was weighted towards those without. It wasn't, it wasn't charity to give to someone in need. It was your responsibility. They were your poor in your towns, in the land God had given you. And so this was, this was written into uh, the whole constitution of Israel. It says, give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There'll always be some in the land who are poor. That's why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. So, there should be no poor among you. There is absolutely no reason why this should happen. So let's go back to Luke 7. No little girl grows up thinking... I want to be an estate agent. No little girl ever sees that as an option that is preferred. Why was this woman an estate agent? Why was she in that situation? Maybe she was a widow. Maybe she had been married. Uh, uh, maybe her husband had divorced her and left her. But whatever the reason... She had no choice. Whatever the reason, the only option left to her was to sell houses. Because there was nothing else left for her to sell. But at the center of the constitution of Israel was that they were meant to be the people, uh, uh, that God is a God of justice. And you learned about justice, mishpat. It means a system of doing right to others. 
there shouldn't have been any vulnerable people in there. So Jesus is having food with the Pharisees, the religious leaders, who are responsible for putting into practice the law and the constitution that God gave Israel 700 years earlier. And why was this woman, put, why was she in that situation? Because they had failed to do that. They had failed to look after her. So instead of her not being destitute, they're looking down on her and judging her because she was. See, I can't help wondering, because the Constitution says, if you refuse to make the gift and the needy person cries out, the Lord will be to the Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. God always, 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 always sides with the vulnerable, without exception. And the oppressed and the needy, always. God always sides against the bully. He always sides on those on the underside. And so, you know, in, 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 the, in the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who seek justice. That doesn't make any sense because that's a list of people who quite obviously aren't blessed. But Jesus is, t in the kingdom of God, it's not like that. In the kingdom of God, these people are the ones who have the most to gain. These are the people who, uh, when the kingdom comes in all its fullness, they're the ones that will be the most blessed because they have gained the most. So I can't help thinking that in that situation, when Jesus is having that conversation with the Pharisee about who's forgiven the most, my suspicion is that there was more than a hint of sarcasm. My suspicion is that he's actually suggesting the Pharisees are the ones who need to be forgiven the most, not the woman who is doing the only thing that is an option for her to do, other than to starve. They were the ones who needed to be forgiven the most. And his challenge to them was, why aren't you as grateful as she is? So the kingdom of God should always be a place of justice where no one is ever excluded. No one should ever be so desperate that they turn to a state agency to survive. And, and here's why I work for World Vision. That was a big introduction, wasn't it? <laughs> I work for World Vision because I am excited about the fact that I get to talk to churches about being part of that. World Vision is probably one of the best kept secrets in the church in the UK, actually. Um, and, and the more I've worked, the longer I've worked here at World Vision, the more excited I am about what we get to do. And so for me, this is... This is when I was interviewed for it, they said, well, you've got no fundraising experience. And I said, I don't think this is a fundraising job. I think this is about a theological imperative, and this is about helping the church to actually be able to work that out. And, and so that's what excites me about this, because I think we get to, we have an opportunity to, to help people not have to become estate agents, to give people back choice so that that isn't ever the last resort for them. What, what, and so specifically what I'm going to ask you for, we're going to watch a video in a minute. Um, we, uh, we, we do some, we call it child sponsorship and I really wish we didn't call it child sponsorship.
because really what we're doing is sponsoring communities and you have a, a child who is essentially an ambassador for that community. World Vision will go into a community. Uh, at the moment, in, in, we're working in a community in Uganda and we will sit down with the pastors and we'll sit down with the community leaders and we'll talk about what needs to happen. And they will tell us what needs to happen and we will put together a 10 to 15 year plan with them to help them bring about safeguarding and education and safe drinking water and healthcare and help set up microfinance and help set up uh, savings clubs and all the things that they need centered around the children so that in 10 to 15 years we can leave and, and it's, it's working and they don't need us anymore. Um, we do this through a, a form of, of sponsorship which I'm going to talk to you about in a moment. But let's watch this video. Uh, so in the middle of the video, kids, I need you to watch out for this. In the middle of the video, there's going to be some women dancing. Ask me about it afterwards, all right? Okay. Hi, my name is Dave Richards and I lead St Paul's and St George's Church in the centre of Edinburgh. Uh, we're a large Episcopal Anglican church and over the last uh, three or four weeks we've been involved in this new project called Chosen, this new initiative that World Vision have started. And I'm here in northern Uganda and we've just experienced our Chosen Day where just over 150 children in this community have had the opportunity to choose a member of my church to be their sponsor. And I think it's been one of the most amazing and moving and humbling days, probably never mind of my ministry, but of my life. To walk into a tent and see pictures of my church members that were taken last weekend in my church here in northern Uganda to then see children walk forward one by one and choose which of my church members they wanted to be their sponsor has just been remarkable. It's been overwhelming, it's been amazing. I didn't realise how desperate the needs were in this community. Um, 20 years ago, the Lord's Resistance Army moved into this area and people were moved into camps for their own safety. Um, people were killed, people were shot. A whole generation was almost wiped out. And we can be part of restoring hope and faith to this community. The most challenge that we face are the traumas. As people has come out from the war of 25 years, there are still a lot of traumas in where people are more desperate in life. Uh, they don't have uh, a life in needfulness. So with the support from World Vision and partnership with the church, as we nurture the, these children, uh, they will keep this up because they know there is somebody behind them that will support them and they will move the journey to their, to their life in needfulness. Just watching the children choose watching the community put them forward, realizing that in 10 or 12 years time, there'll be children in this community who will have an education, who will have a hope, who will have a whole sense of value and worth and purpose and meaning because a bunch of church people in Scotland decided to put their names forward and have their photographs taken. It has been one of the most rewarding and humbling experiences that I think I've ever known. What I've seen in the past few days 
It's church members who've never really engaged with a global sense of what God is doing around the world connect in a whole different way. I think what feels really different about this is the fact that Rachel wants me to be her sponsor. There were all of these people she could have picked and for some reason she took my picture off of that peg. Not knowing how much I have been thinking and praying all week for this kid that would maybe hopefully choose me to, to let me be a part of, of their life. We've seen different generations, we've seen families, we've seen couples, we've seen single people, we've seen young people, we've seen old people, we've seen university students who apparently have got no money, still commit £26 a month to make a difference in the life of a child here. So if you're in any doubt as to whether Chosen is worthwhile, if you're umming and ahhing as to whether your church and you personally, as the leader of the church, should commit to this initiative, I don't think I can tell in any other way that it really is worth it because not only will God bring about change in the community that you help to sponsor but God will change you and God will change your church. You got anything you want to ask me? Do you want to ask me anything? Oh, you want about the dance? <laughs> so, in the Middle East, all those women dancing. So, uh, Dave talked about the fact that that was a part of Uganda that was ravaged by the Lord's Resistance Army, which was a, a horrific civil war. And um, when they did that event, which was two years ago, it was the first time we'd done this, and the women did that dance and one of my colleagues said to them what what does the dance symbolize and they said that dance symbolizes hope we haven't done it for 25 years that's why i do this job you know this is this is about giving people back the dignity and the choice that they don't have to become estate agents there's one more picture there. I've no idea where the controls are. Oh, there. <laughs> this is... Um, this is Glory. She chose our family. Um, she chose us because she really liked the baby. Don't tell my five-year-old that she thought it was a baby. She's got a little cuddly rabbit and she likes playing jumping games. And when we opened the email that we got and found out that she'd chosen us, I just could not have prepared myself for how emotional it was knowing that, that she wanted to be part of her life. So, that's why I'm here today, uh, to ask you to sign up. I have some QR codes there. If you scan them, it will take you to a form. You can fill in the form. We can take, you can take a selfie or we can use your phone and take a photograph through our ring light, which we brought, so we should use it. Um, and then in about 
three or four weeks' time, if you've done that, you'll get an email. Or maybe if there's loads of you, we'll come back and we'll bring some envelopes and you'll find out who's chosen you to do that. Um, so, Dan, what, what, what do you want to do now? <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Can we give Matt a round of applause for sharing with us? Thank you so much. Um, so, stay here. I don't know why, but it'll be good. Um, so, we are so blessed and so let's face it, wealthy in this country, aren't we? And we have a wonderful opportunity in this very small world that we live in to make a massive impact in these families' lives, these children's lives. I, there are several things that I love about World Vision. Firstly is that the children choose us rather than the other way around. I just think that is beautiful. But also, I love what Matt said about how this is an opportunity for us to invest in a, in a community. So this isn't like, this is my child who I'm going to pay for all the way throughout university. This is it's a, it's a, an avenue through which our money can flow in and bless a whole community. Like the small amount of money in our, from our pockets goes in an enormous way uh, around the world. And I know that um, World Vision is involved in Afghanistan, which is one of the toughest countries to be involved in at the moment. They are still on the ground. They're still working. So we are thrilled to be supporting World Vision. And so I would like to encourage all of us here today to consider uh, signing up to support World Vision in this way. It's 26 pounds a month, or there's a slightly more or a slightly less option if that's where you're at. Um, as Matt said, there's a whole setup over there. Hi, the my name's... No, you've had your time. Um, <laughs> so there's a whole setup over there. So what we're gonna do in a minute is Lauren's gonna come up and lead us. We're gonna sing uh, one more song together. We're also gonna celebrate communion. This is where we take uh, a small amount of bread and dip it in some grape juice. Um, to remember Jesus' sacrifice for us, that his death for us gave us freedom and gave us life. And so as we're singing, as we're taking part in communion, I want to, all of us to just be just kind of praying, if that's your thing, just kind of thinking and having a chat with God in our hearts about if this is something we want to get involved with. And if you do, if that's something that you'd like to do, um, then everything is set up over there. Matt can walk you through the process um, after our gathering. Um, but Matt, would you just pray for us as we go into worship? Uh, and then we will sing together. When you feel comfortable, help yourself to bread and to grape juice. Everybody is welcome to come and take part. You don't have to identify as a Christian. If you want to say yes to Jesus in whatever way that looks, then taking some bread and some grape juice is so, it's a fantastic way of doing that. So Matt's going to pray for us. We're going to sing and take communion together, and then we'll gather it all up, to, and then we'll all go and give our money to World Vision. Okay? Sound like a plan? So let's all stand together as Matt prays for us. Lord, let your kingdom come. Thank you that we are part of something that is is bigger than us as individuals is bigger than us as communities it is across the world thank you so much that we are part of something that uh, is never going to come to an end thank you for your love and your grace and thank you that that in in your family there is no status other than being created in your image and loved and accepted by your grace and the lord as, as we take the communion the bread and the wine symbolizes as equal members of your body regardless of our background regardless of our status in this world so holy spirit will you fill us afresh will you enable us to be 
ambassadors for your kingdom in all that we do. Amen. Hey guys, it's Daniel here, one of the pastors of Gloucester Vineyard. Really hope you enjoyed what Matt shared with us this week. Um, In case you missed it and you were thinking, oh, I kind of want to get involved. Don't worry, we've got you covered. If you look in the description of this podcast, there is a link where you can click on that and it'll take you to a website. And what you need to do is upload a selfie and your bank details and you or well, the wonderful World Vision people will do all the rest. So if you're thinking I'd like to get involved, um, then there's a way that you can do that. Just check the link of this podcast. Sorry, check the description of this podcast. There's a link. Give it a click and away you go. See you soon.